Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Wisconsin Aluminum Foundry CEO, Sachin Shivaram. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Really appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So first off, as I have a lot of my first time podcast guests do, can you just give a, an overview on Wisconsin Aluminum Foundry for, for me and for our listeners who aren't familiar with the business? Sure. Um, we are a 114-year-old, next year will be 115 years old, uh, family-owned company. Um, uh, we were established in 1909 as a, originally as a scrap provider and then vertically integrated into uh, the foundry business, which is basically we melt scrap and, and other metals and we make cast aluminum parts. And uh, over the past 100 years, we've expanded into other metals as well. Uh, we provide, you know, uh, iron castings and, and stainless steel and, and other metals. We also machine castings. And then we've grown beyond Wisconsin as well. We've acquired a few companies in, in neighboring states uh, all around the kind of casting and, and machining space. And in the end, we provide a custom metal part for um, a company who wants to make you know, whatever they make. So it's whether it's engines or tractors or cookware, medical equipment, satellites, you know, anything that requires a custom shape, uh, that's what we try to provide. Gotcha. Great. So definitely playing a role in our um, Wisconsin manufacturing supply chain here. Yeah, no, I mean, we are a huge beneficiaries and participants in the, not only the manufacturing ecosystem, but specifically within the manufacturing ecosystem, um, metal parts, you know, this right. is many people may not know it's, it's, a very strong industry, a historic industry in Wisconsin. And actually, we're the most foundry intensive state, um, actually, by, by 50%. We're 50% bigger than the nearest state in terms of how much of our GDP and workforce is engaged in, in making casting. So, so we're a beneficiary, participant, and leader, you know, in that in that very niche ecosystem that we have in our state. Interesting. I I, I wasn't aware of that that fact. So appreciate you throwing that out there. And can you also briefly say where your operations are located? Sure. We, we have um, five plants in, in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Um, then that's that's our the, the, our main operations and really our historic roots. And then we're also in Wabash, Indiana, which is about halfway between Fort Wayne and Indianapolis. And then we have two plants in um, Crookston, Minnesota. We have a machine shop and a foundry uh, in Crookston, which is in the way northwest um, corner of, of Indiana, close to North Dakota. Terrific. Great. So Sachin, can you talk a bit about the the field of manufacturing of metal parts, as you mentioned, what kind of trends are you following from your position leading this business? What are you keeping an eye on either uh, trends right now or, or in the near future, just over the horizon? Yeah. You know, the twin trends um, that are related, but different that are, that are, you know, really in focus for our industry right now, are um, nearshoring or onshoring of manufacturing supply chains. So you may have heard of this you know, really through the beginning of the pandemic when, when supply chains for everything, you know, people would, would go to stores and not find what they wanted, but you know, also industrial companies faced the same 
lack of stuff, you know, that that consumers faced. And it was because things were tied up, you know, elsewhere. Um, other countries had COVID shutdowns that were more stringent than ours. In China, for instance, um, global freight market was in a, was in a tailspin and, and rates were way up. So whatever, a lot of things happened that made it difficult for companies to buy things from where they used to buy things, which is generally, you know, offshore. Um, and so there was a lot of focus on how do we uh, onshore, which would be, you know, how do we bring manufacturing back into America or at least near shore, which is, you know, bring it to Mexico or Canada or someplace. And so that trend, um, which is also buttressed by legislation. So, you know, there are things like, for instance, here in Wisconsin, Tammy Baldwin is a supporter of the Buy American provision where, you know, infrastructure projects are required to buy, now required to buy, you know, made in America steel and aluminum goods. Um, so things like that, you know, have, have worked together to, you know, drive nearshoring and onshoring of manufactured goods. And so that should directly benefit companies like ours, um, you know, because we've always competed against foreign um, production and now more of those opportunities are coming our way. So that's one trend. And then again, different but related is, um, you know, the, the, the federal government led um, stimulus into domestic manufacturing, specifically in um, clean technology, you know, kind of the green revolution, all encapsulated in two major pieces of legislation. One is the Chips and Science Act, which basically um, promotes the construction of semiconductor plants in America. And then the other being the bigger one being the Inflation Reduction Act, which had a lot of different provisions around, you know, domestic energy production, both renewable and non-renewable, and, and um, all sorts of different incentives that basically create a pull for more production here in the United States. And within those pieces of legislation, there were also new requirements on buying from America. And so those two things um, are really front and center for us. I'd say, you know, they've generated a lot of press, um, but when push comes to shove, they actually haven't generated a lot of demand for companies like us yet, you know, mm -hmm. but we certainly see that that's going to be, these twin trends are going to be, a bigger and bigger influence in in opportunities that come our way, you know, in the, you know, certainly next two three years, and of course the next decade. Um, so th th that's what we're watching, and um, you know, we're kind of aligning our business strategy accordingly. Great, great, glad to have your perspective on, on both of those major trends. And um, can you say a little more about how you're aligning your strategy to uh, benefit as much as possible? I would assume from uh, from these changes we're seeing. Yeah, well, it, quite simply, we're putting a lot of capital to work. Um, this year, for instance, we're investing 100% of our EBITDA, uh, which is our which is our pre-tax and pre-interest earnings, back into the business, which is a lot. You know, I mean, normally a company like ours may invest five percent, ten percent into the business, and we're investing 100% this year. Wow. Past few years, we've invested 50% of our earnings into you know adding new equipment um we're building a brand new foundry here in manitowoc um we actually had an announcement about that last week and um, that's a major major investment our biggest um uh growth investment ever you know and and this sort of investment happens rarely in our industry just because it's such an expensive thing you know to build a new foundry and and capital costs are so much that you know, it's hard to get a return in a reasonable amount of time. Like these investments will not pay back in the next two to three years. It's going to be like a 10 year thing. And so because the payout is that long, 
generally you don't do a lot of projects. And so um, we're doing a lot of, of reinvestment and new investment in our existing footprint and we're acquiring companies. So we've acquired three companies in the past few years that all kind of um, add complementary um, capabilities and operations to our core business here in Wisconsin. Excellent. And do you plan to continue that um, that process of acquisitions uh, as part of your expansion? Yeah. Um, I mean, every day we're looking at acquisitions. We've made several, you know, gone down a, a path with several companies this this year. Of course, with acquisitions, it's hard to um, you know, guarantee that they happen, you know, because they're sure. not only there's a counterparty, but there are also other people who are competing with you to buy the company. And of course, we all have our individual valuations of, of the business as well. And so it's less of a certain path to growth as investment is, you know, if we want to build something, we can just go out and do it. You know, if we want to buy a company, um, we can want to do it, but it might not definitely happen. And so we, we always look at acquisitions. We've made a lot of attempts this year and, you know, I expect us to acquire something, you know, the next, in the, in the next 12 months. Gotcha. Great. Well, that'll be certainly something that I'll be keeping my eye on and, uh, be glad to have that feature here in Wisp Business when you when you do make those moves. Um, so Sachin, can you talk more about um, I guess the overall strategy with these acquisitions with this growth? Are all those businesses kind of in the same type of industry? All uh, metal foundry? Yes, um, all foundries or machining. So okay. so we make as I mentioned we make a cast metal part, and the way we we make that part by making a mold, often in sand or steel. And then we pour molten metal into that mold and it comes out as a shape. But as you might imagine, that shape is has some defects and you know all sorts of things attached to it. And we've got to refine that hmm. and then put it through a process called machining, where we really precisely kind of you know make sure all the dimensions are right, put holes where the, the customer may need it, you know, cut it. And so that's a whole different process. And so for us. We're looking at, at at growing and investing and acquiring companies both in the casting space um, and in that machining space because you kind of need both sides of the coin to be useful um, for the customer. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Great to connect and learn about your company's role in the manufacturing foundry space as well as these these broader topics as well. So again, thanks so much for, for joining me for the podcast. Great. Thank you, Alex. Really appreciate it. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for more from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of Wisp Politics and Wisp Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin? in the years after graduation, and almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.